You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to uh, this episode of the podcast. Excited to dive in and answer a question that came from one of our regular listeners. This is episode 66, and we're going to be answering the question about the duality or the triune nature of of humans. Like, Are we spirit, soul, and body, or are we only soul and body or spirit and body? We're going to answer some of so, some of those questions uh, in just a minute. Quick reminder, if you are listening to this on our website, like maybe you stumbled across a link to this episode on Facebook or Twitter, uh, and you clicked on it, and now you're you know listening to this and streaming it from our website inside of a browser on your phone or or, or you know, some other device. Uh, right under the player, you should see two buttons. One that says subscribe with iTunes. The other says subscribe with uh, Android. Can you do me a huge, huge favor? Click on one of those buttons, whichever one applies to you, and make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Uh, that guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. You know, if you stumbled across this episode, you might not stumble across others in the future. And so to guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to you, hit that subscribe button and that will make sure every episode comes right to you. In addition, you can also find the podcast on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. So if you prefer one of those apps, you can search for us and find it there. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is being inspired uh, by an, a, an email I got from one of my regular listeners, uh, a guy by the name of Hector, uh, sent an email, and he asked this question. He says, are we body, spirit, soul, or are we body, soul? This is one I've struggled with constantly. Can you share your view? It's a great question, Hector. Let me just kind of uh, give a few bits of information before I actually answer the question, just for the listeners that maybe are not 100% sure exactly what Hector is talking about. There is a mini debate amongst theologians about the duality of man, excuse me, uh, versus the trichotomy of man. Uh, there, are, there are people who would say that, that man is a dual being, that there is a, uh, there's a physical body and then there's a soul. Uh, and then other Christians and other theologians would say that there's a trichotomy of man, that humans are uh, body, soul, and spirit, and, and and there is kind of a mini divide. Most Christian theologians fall into the category of the trichotomy of man, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Um, while people who kind of embrace the duality of man will say we have a body and we have a soul, and that the word soul and spirit are are interchangeable. Um, I, most Christians kind of embrace the idea of the trichotomy of man because we believe we're created in the image of God. We go way, way back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, we see that God says, let us make man in our image. We call this the imago Dei, the image of God. And that means that when God created humans, he created us to reflect him. He did not do this with the rest of creation. So animals and other creation, uh, you know, other you know, created living beings like trees and, and grass. I mean, they're alive, but they're not created in the image of God. Uh, neither were are things like the planets and the solar system, the galaxy, the cosmos, the universe are, are, are not created in the image of God. Only human beings do that, all right? So the other things that are created demonstrate the power and creativity of God. But when humans were created, we were created to reflect his character and his nature. There are portions of God that he indwells in humanity. Again, we call this the Imago Day. And therefore, we believe that all humans reflect God. And God is triune. Therefore, humans are triune. 
Now, we are not a trinity like God. God is one being existing in three persons. We are one being existing in one person. Right? Kenny Ortiz exists in one person, the person of Kenny Ortiz, where God does something that I cannot do. God exists in three separate persons. And I talk a lot about this back in episode 13. So if you want to hear more about the Trinity, I want to highly encourage you to go back and check out episode 13. Now, I've also been asked before, Kenny, uh, does our triune nature perfectly fit the Trinity of God? No. Like the point is when God says he's making our image, there are elements of his character and nature that he's indwelling in humanity, but it's not necessarily a perfect reflection, right? So when God creates humans, I believe he creates humans as body, soul, and spirit. Those don't necessarily correspond with the persons of the Trinity. It's not like, well, the Father corresponds with our uh, soul and Jesus corresponds with our body and the Holy Spirit consp- uh, you know, uh, corresponds with our spirit. Like, no, 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 no that, that's not the point. That, that's not what God is doing. God exists as a triune being and therefore he creates us with a trichotomy, but not necessarily in, in a perfect reflection. That, that wasn't the goal when God created human beings. So it's really important to remember that. I would say to some extent there is a duality of man. Let me explain that. There are material portions to a human, and there are immaterial characteristics to a human. Right? The material things are the, the tangible things, the things we can measure, our physical body. The immaterial are the intangible things about uh, who we are, and, and those things are obviously not as easy to measure directly. The immaterial portions of us are our intellect and our will, our conscience, uh, the thing inside of us that causes us to be, uh, you know, the, the, to determine things and to make decisions, our desires, our, our inclinations. Nations, our, our our sense of ethics, our sense of awareness, right? Like these are the things that are that are involved with our our soul and our spirit, right? People talk about our heart. We're not talking about the physical heart, right? When we look at someone and tell them we love them with all of our heart, we're not actually talking about the thing that's beating in our chest, right? We're talking about something that's immaterial, something that is unseen, something that can't be measured directly. And, and Jesus uses very similar terminology in Mark chapter 7, verse 19, when he talks about the heart of man being the source of sin. He, he, he's certainly not talking about your, your physical heart that's beating in your chest, right? It's really important to remember that. The Bible speaks to this immaterial versus material. In Proverbs chapter 4, it talks about, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Again, proverb there not talking about guarding your physical heart he's talking about buying you know guarding the things about you that are invisible the immaterial parts of you uh, Paul talks about this in Acts chapter 23. He talks about his conscience, and he, he reiterates that multiple times in both of his letters to Timothy and both letters to Corinthians and multiple times in Romans and in his letter to Titus. Like, multiple times, the Bible points to the immaterial versus the material, right? The, the thing that we can measure, our physical body, versus the things that we can't see, they're, they're the more abstract. And we, we certainly recognize that this part of us will remain beyond death. Like our physical bodies will die one day, but the immaterial part of us will live on beyond death. We see this uh, spoken about in the scripture. You know, the, we see a, a very long discourse in Luke chapter 16 where Jesus is talking about this rich man and Lazarus. Clearly, they have physically died, but there is something immaterial that has lived on. Uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5. He, 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 he encourages us because he knows that to be absent from the body is to be home with the Lord, right? If we leave the physical body, we'll end up being with Jesus. And we can be confident in that. So there's clearly something that goes beyond. We're not just a physical body. But then the debate happens, are we just body and soul or are we uh, body, soul, and spirit? 
And so again, the people who would embrace the duality of man and just say that we are two, they kind of stop there. They say there's a material and immaterial, and that's it. People who embrace that view say that we look in the Bible, we see that the words for soul and spirit are oftentimes used interchangeably. And that is true. There are moments in the scripture where it seems like different elements of the immaterial, different elements of the invisible portions of humanity are seemingly used interchangeably. We see this in the Old Testament many times where where the word for heart and the word for mind have a lot of overlap and, and they seemingly are used interchangeably throughout the Old Testament. However, with all due respect to my friends that embrace that view, I simply think the argument is weak. Just because there are portions of the soul and portions of the spirit that are alluded to in, in, a, in a variety of ways with overlap and some interchangeability doesn't mean that those two things can't be unique and distinct from one another. I believe the Bible does indeed point to a trichotomy within humanity, that there is a body, a soul, and a spirit, and that the body can be seen and measured, but that two-thirds of humanity, two-thirds of what makes up a human cannot be seen, but rather it is invisible. Let me point to the scriptures that point to that and why I believe that. In Hebrews 4, the Bible says that the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is and piercing as far as a division of soul and spirit. Very clearly here, there are two different Greek words used. The Greek word for soul, which is which is the, is the Greek word psyche, right? And many of us understand what the word psyche means when someone talks about uh, your psyche, your human psyche. That's the soul, and then it talks about your spirit. They are separate. Now, the reason why Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is pointing this out is because sometimes your soul will want something and other times your spirit will want something. Now, if you are born again, if you're a true Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then your spirit is in perfect communion with the Holy Spirit and your spirit will guide you into righteousness. But your soul, because it is makes is made up of your own determination and your own inclinations, which are tainted by sin, right? You are depraved. Your soul will lead you into sinfulness and lead you to make sinful choices. And sometimes when you're when you're wrestling through the right and wrong choices, you're not sure which one to go with because your soul wants to go this way, your spirit wants to go this way, and you can't tell the difference as to which one's your soul and your spirit. But when you read the Bible, the Bible brings division between those two. The Bible brings clarity as to which one of these is right and which one of these is wrong. The Bible will point out that, hey, Hey, your soul is leading you towards sin in this area, in this regard, while your spirit is trying to lead you toward righteousness. Let me give you a, a quick metaphor, a quick example. Have you ever been watching a movie or TV show and someone is wrestling with a decision and then all of a sudden a little angel version of their self pops up on one shoulder and then a little devil version of themselves pops up on the other shoulder? So you have like their good and their bad kind of wrestling. That, that as, as kind of silly as that is, it's kind of a decent metaphor. Um, it's your soul that wants you to typically do something wicked and it's your spirit that typically is trying to get you to make the right choice. It's the things inside of you that are battling. The soul uh, will oftentimes want to lead you away because of the depravity of humanity, while the spirit will lead you toward righteousness. And when you engage with the spirit of God through reading the Bible, the spirit will get stronger. What is right and wrong will get clear. And then your spirit can pull your soul, soul over to making the right choices. I know whenever I've taught this before, I get a follow-up question. Does that mean your soul is always evil? No, no, no. That's not, that's not the case at all. In fact, our souls can be sanctified over the course of time. A big part of our souls is the way we think, our mind, our, our heart, our, our emotions, our will. And Paul says in Romans 12 that you can be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. He's saying changing the way you think will have great impact on your life. And we know that because your mind is a big part of your soul. So if you can change your mind dramatically, you can also change your soul. And if your soul is changing dramatically in a positive direction, it is less likely to want to drag you into unrighteous living. That's why reading the Bible is so important. As Hebrew says, it brings division between soul and spirit. But the word of God can also be powerful in transforming the way we think and transforming our mind, which could have incredible positive impact on our lives. The other uh, passage of scripture that I think is really important to point out is First is First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty three. Paul says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete." Like this is what he's Paul is saying in this in this passage. He uses the word spirit. The, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, and then he clearly makes a distinction by using a separate word. He uses the word a psyche the greek word for soul and he in this passage is saying listen i want your body your soul and your spirit to all be sanctified it's very very clear he's making a distinction between all three of these things paul is saying i want your whole spirit to be sanctified right to be like jesus i want your soul to be like jesus i want your body to be like jesus i want every part of you to be preserved without blame so that when jesus comes back you'll be like him like that's what paul's desire was that was his prayer for the thessalonian christians and most certainly the prayer that he would have for for all believers as I examine those passages in light of the understanding of Scripture and in light of the understanding that we are made in the image of God, I think the Scripture does point to the fact that there is a trichotomy of humanity, that we are body, soul, and spirit. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I hope this has been helpful and insightful to you in some ways. Big thanks and shout out to Hector uh, for the question. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email. You can reach me, hey Ortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. Again, that's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, as always, the best way to do that is Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz, K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!